Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Friday, everyone. Well, we have been talking about spiritual gifts, and we've seen that there's three lists of gifts in the Bible. There's a list in Romans chapter 12, there's a list in Ephesians chapter 4, and a list in 1 Corinthians 12. The list in Romans 12 has been called motivation gifts. There's seven that's listed here. In Ephesians chapter 4, another list we see, but these tend to be offices, gifts that are given to the church to equip the saints. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, there are nine gifts listed, and these we are calling manifestation gifts. Three lists of gifts, gifts of the Spirit, special abilities and tendencies given to Christians so that they can fulfill the work that God has given them. So we started yesterday looking at this first category, the motivation gifts. They are prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, ruling, and mercy. Now, I gave you a brief thumbnail sketch of each one of these yesterday as we went over them. When we shared this at the church, we used an illustration that really seemed to bring this alive to people and help them to understand. I had seven people come up and sit around a table and had each of them represent one of these motivation gifts. And then I told them I was going to have someone come in and serve them cake. And so we had set up for an individual to carry a cake in, but as they got near to the table to pretend that they tripped and to upset the cake onto the table. Now, of course, the people around the table were in on this, but the congregation wasn't. And so it was quite an attention-getter when this happened. And, of course, people thought it was accidental at first, and then they began to realize that it was all part of the presentation. Then I asked each one around the table, each one representing a different motivational gift, what they would have thought or said if that had really happened in reality. And so here's how they shared. The one with the motivational gift of prophecy, and this is a motivation to correct a person's life, would say, that's what happens when you're not careful. Now, they may not say it outwardly today if you were in that kind of setting because of social sensitivities, but that's what would go through their mind. You need to be more careful because the motivation is to correct a person's life. Now, sitting beside them may be the one with the gift of mercy. And what would that person say? Oh, don't feel badly. It could have happened to anyone. You see, their motivation is to relieve embarrassment. Both of these are godly motivations, but see how they are actually just the opposite of each other? And how there is a potential for people to have conflicts in the church because one sees it one way and one sees it another way. One thinks that the other is too harsh and the other one thinks that the other one is too easy. But both are needed. We need to have an influence in our life that corrects us 
And we also need to have an influence in our life of people who stand alongside of us and sympathize with us. Motivational gifts. Some people in the church have the motivational gift of prophecy. Others have the motivational gift of mercy. Now, what would the one with the motivation gift of serving say? They would say, oh, let me help you clean it up. You see, their motivation is to fulfill an immediate practical need. And so the one with the serving gift would immediately move to clean it up. The one with the motivational gift of teaching would say, oh, the reason that fell is because the cake was off-center and was too heavy on one side, and, and that's why it upset. You see, their motivation is to discover why it happened. The one with the motivation gift of exhortation would say, oh, well, let's next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. Let's already have it on the table. You see, their motivation is to give practical steps on how to correct the situation for the future. The one with the motivational gift of giving would say, oh, I'll be happy to buy a new dessert. See, their motivation is to give to a tangible need. And then the last one, the one with the gift of ruling or administration would say, Jim, would you get the mop? Sue, please help me pick it up. And Mary, help me fix another dessert. You see, the one with the motivation gift of ruling is to achieve the immediate goal of the group by organizing and placing people into positions. Seven motivation gifts. I believe that they're given at spiritual birth. They are gifts given by God that motivate us, help us to see a situation, and bring an aspect of God's nature and life to the situation. We're reflections of Christ, and he's put a gift within us to help us to see things he sees. And God is multifaceted. He sees all these aspects, but he's given to each of us a gifting, a motivation that expresses a part of who he is. We don't have all the gifts, but we need to learn to appreciate all the gifts. So the one with the gift of prophecy can still bring the corrective influence and not despise the one that's concerned about fixing another dessert by thinking that they're not spiritual. No, the serving gift is just as spiritual as the prophecy gift. And the mercy gift is just as important as the one that has the gift of giving that says, I want to go down and get a new dessert. You see, as I said yesterday, all of these gifts are given in the context of the church being a body. Each chapter that gives the listing speaks about the church as being a body, that we're many members, but we're working together for the good of the whole. And so, as you understand spiritual gifts, realize you have one, you have a motivation, but it's not the only motivation, and that other people also are motivated by the Lord. Now, let's dig a little deeper into this. I want to go over it again and help you just to see this so we have a clear understanding of it. The one with the motivation gift of prophecy has a desire to reveal unrighteous motives or actions by presenting God's truth in the situation. They have a need to express their message verbally. They like to speak out. They have an ability to discern the character and motives of people. They're not swayed by a person's outward demeanor. They see right to the core. They see black and white. They have a strong dependence on scriptural truth to validate their authority. 
they are usually direct, frank, and persuasive in their speaking. They have a great concern for the reputation in the program of God. And so they're very eager to point out the blind spots of other people that they think are hindering the righteousness of God. And so you can see how a person who has the gift of prophecy is important, but they also can be misunderstood and can abuse their gift. Their frankness can turn to harshness. And their focus on right and wrong may be judged as an intolerance to a partial good. And so if you have the motivational gift of prophecy, appreciate it, but let it be tempered by the fruit of the Spirit that allows this gift to come forth and be received. Peter seemed to be one in the Bible that had a motivational gift of prophecy. He was always speaking up. He was very quick to make decisions. And God used him greatly as the church was established. Now, the second gift of serving is a motivation to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs. These people have an ability to recall specific likes and dislikes of people. I mean, they remember whether you take cream or sugar in your coffee and what your favorite dish is. They just have an ability to care for people and meet their needs. They also have an alertness to detect practical needs. I mean, these are the people that notice that the windows need washing and the eave troughs of the church need painting. The children's Sunday school rooms need new carpet. You see, their motivation is to have the external environment right. And they are very diligent to apply themselves. It's hard for these people to say no when a practical need comes up because their drive is to meet it. They like short-range goals rather than long-range goals because they have a desire to meet the immediate need. Now, what are some of the misunderstandings or possible abuses of people with this gift? Well, they can view themselves as not being spiritual because their focus is so much on natural needs that they, they can feel or be judged as people that do not have an interest in spiritual things. But that's not the case. As I mentioned earlier, this is just as spiritual a gift as the others, but it is focused on natural needs. One of the things they need to guard is that their focus on meeting practical needs in the church or in other areas can infringe upon meeting their own family needs because they have such a desire to help outwardly. So that's the motivational gift of serving. In the Bible, Timothy seems to have this motivational gift because he served Paul and very much was involved in meeting the needs of people. Now the third motivation gift is teaching. This meets the mental needs of people. Luke tends to be one that illustrates this. He wrote Luke, he also wrote Acts, and these were historical accounts of what happened in his time. He very much wanted to clarify and validate truth by giving an accurate account of history. Now some characteristics of people with this gift are that they have an emphasis on the accuracy of words. And they want to test the knowledge of those that teach them. They're very much wanting to see the credentials of people that are speaking to them. They believe that their gift is foundational to all the gifts. When they present truth, they do it in a very clear and systematic sequence. 
They don't like illustrations that are not from biblical sources because they could be abused. They also don't like illustrations out of context. Even though it may be a valid point, they don't like it unless it's directly associated with the setting. Now, some of the misunderstandings of people with this gift is that their use of knowledge may appear to others as being a pride of learning. They tend to give too many details of their research as they're sharing, and so their teaching sometimes can get deep or boring. And they also need to make sure that their teaching is practical, that they're not just enjoying giving the information without thought to how this is applied in the lives of people. So, I've had my teaching cap on a little bit today, digging a little deeper into this, hoping that it gives you a better understanding of how these gifts operate. That's our time for today, but we'll continue with this tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. But as you know, we are not meeting there right now due to the coronavirus. Instead, we are streaming our Sunday service online starting at 1030. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now. But the Bible tells us to cast all of our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.